Welcome back to the West London Witch. Today's episode contains gruesome details of murder, experiments and abuse performed on animals, and severe mental illness. Listener discretion is strongly advised. In 1818, a group of friends traveled to Geneva for the summer. They rented a villa next to Lake Geneva and spent their days basking in the sun, swimming and boating, and writing stories in the fresh summer air. But this summer was doomed to be short on sunshine and plentiful with bitter and relentless rain. The friends found themselves housebound, so they entertained themselves by staying up late into the night and sharing ghost stories. Since the group were all accomplished writers, a competition was suggested. Who in the group could pen the most terrifying tale? They all set to work drafting their tales of terror. Except for one woman, who found that she had a severe case of writer's block. Days passed, but her block remained steadfast. Until one night, a gruesome plot woke her from her sleep. The Greek god Prometheus created man out of clay. But what if the modern Prometheus was able to perfect man by using prime human parts, chemicals, and a glorious spark of electricity? In a trance-like state, she went to work writing the now infamous story of Frankenstein. And since Mary Shelley's gothic novel, the world has been obsessed with the idea of reanimation and pushing the boundaries of science and humanity. There have been hundreds of reworkings of the Frankenstein concept, everything from Disney's Frankenweenie to American Horror Story's Coven. There are endless plays, musicals, and cinematic retellings of the story. But what happens when the idea of perfecting a species leaps from the page and becomes reality. When a mind is so disturbed, they begin to experiment and try to create not just a perfect creature, but a super creature. Something beyond our wildest dreams. As frightening as Mary Shelley's Frankenstein's monster may be, he's not real. And as we all know, the truth is stranger than fiction. And welcome to the West London Witch, a podcast where we share stories about those moments where we find ourselves very much not alone. When I first started this podcast, my cousin Jen told me I had to share the chicken story. I had zero idea what she was talking about, 
And I couldn't figure out the correlation between chickens and ghosts. But she was insistent. I had to talk to her mom about the super chicken. So I called my aunt and she shared with me the freakiest story I have ever encountered. To say truth is stranger than fiction does not even begin to touch the level of bizarreness that this tale provides. I have to warn you, the descent into madness we are about to begin is dark, twisty, violent, and really, really preternatural. This story deals with so much more than just ghosts. And after you listen to it, I promise you will never look at your neighbors the same. I'm Rebecca Strazina, and this is The West London Witch. Episode 15, The Mad Scientist and His Super Chicken. I was having coffee with my boss one morning, and he, he related a news item that had been on the telly the night before. And he said to me, did you see about the murder? And I said, no, what murder? And he said, well, I was sat in the lounge with my daughter and they were talking about a murder that had happened locally. And a picture flashed up of the murder victim. And she said, that's her dad. And he said, what, what do you mean? And she said, that's the woman that used to come and sit on my bed when I was little. As strange as it may seem, this is where our story begins, with my Auntie Nikki having coffee with her boss when he informs her that his daughter had been visited for years by the ghost of a woman who had just now been murdered. And apparently, when she was a little girl, she used to wake up quite often and call her dad in because there was somebody in the room and there was a lady at the end of her bed. And this girl said, that's her, I swear, it's her. And they continued to listen to the news item. And this lady had just been murdered in their old house. But 10 years after his daughter had seen her. So it was a pre-ghost, or it, it, it's times in a circle. Times in a circle. A circle is the perfect shape for this story because this tale is like a carousel of madness and interconnections. So we we became really interested in the story and we followed it in the local newspapers and news. And it turns out that this lady was murdered by her son. According to the police, 60-year-old Leah Rosenthal was contacted by French authorities to be informed that her husband, Milton, who she was separated from but still very close with, had gone missing from his Paris apartment. She was understandably very concerned and called a friend of hers who was a doctor to go with her to Paris and help her look for Milton. They made plans immediately to fly to France. However, after two days, her friend couldn't get a hold of her. He was very worried and called her son, Daniel, to ask where his mother was. Daniel, who was 27 at the time, lived in the small village of Hedgend in Hampshire, England. Neighbors described him as an odd man 
a quiet recluse who was a loner that kept to himself. Leah had gone to Hedgen to visit with her son and was presumably at his house when the French authorities called to inform her about Milton. However, the doctor's calls to Daniel's house remained unanswered. Finally, on the second day, Daniel answered the phone and said, My mother has returned to London. And then put down the phone and refused to pick up any further calls to the house. The doctor called the British police immediately. He was afraid for his friend's safety. She also had a very severe case of multiple sclerosis and had severely limited mobility. He thought that Daniel might have something to do with her disappearance. And perhaps her husband's as well. Police went directly to Daniel's house. But he said his mom had already returned back to London. Neighbors confirmed that they saw Leah enter the home, but they never actually saw her exit it. The police were immediately suspicious. They called Milton's house in Paris to do a welfare check on him, and they were shocked when the phone was answered by a housekeeper who, when she learned that she was speaking to the British police, fell into a flood of tears and told them, Daniel has killed his father. There was no body, just a missing person. The housekeeper said she was doing the ironing and she could hear Daniel in the bathroom with the water running for well over an hour. After he got out of the restroom, he looked at her and told her to leave at once. When she returned the next day, she went into the restroom and found a horrendous scene. The room was full of old newspapers, towels, and clothing all covered in blood. And that is when she called the French authorities and began the missing persons report. The police knew they were going to have to go to Paris to investigate this further. But there was still the question of Mrs. Rosenthal. Where was Leah? The police took Daniel into custody and took him to the police station to further question him about Leah's disappearance. The police began to canvass the area and started asking Daniel's neighbors what they thought about him. They said he did odd things, like set off fireworks in the middle of the night. He never spoke to anyone, and he was very antisocial. He was also dirty. He was unbathed, unkept, never worked, highly intelligent, but totally financially dependent on mom and dad. The police then turned their attentions to Daniel's house. And what they found inside was a horrendous scene, a true house of horrors. The house was filthy and repulsive, stinking and hoarded over with tools and newspaper, miscellaneous items and trash. The front room of the house was full of chickens, live chickens, chicks, and eggs. The living room had been converted into a laboratory where Daniel was doing experiments on embryos and fully grown chickens. He told the police he had to change his methods for he realized that when he decapitated the chickens, they ran around the house as the old saying goes. You can imagine the mess it left. 
In order to avoid this, he began to inject the chickens with toxic chemicals and then dissect their brains. Daniel had also buried eggs in the garden in an attempt to grow the super chickens in the ground. What was he trying to achieve exactly? And what even is a super chicken? Well, no one actually knows. But Daniel told the police that once his findings were published, he was going to become world-renowned. As chaotic and as frightening and filthy as the front room and the living room were, one room in the house was completely empty and clean, devoid of anything. In another room in the house, Leah's suitcase had been found, but there was no evidence that she had taken any clothes out of it or used any of her toiletries or even that the bed had been slept in. Although there were no signs of Mrs. Rosenthal, there were an abundance of disturbing evidence that was connected to her. There was a hacksaw in the house, and it was clean and wet. And there was also blood stains on the floor, and blood had been pulled out from in between the tiles. Daniel had insisted that his mom had taken a taxi from his house to the train station and had taken a train back to London. But the police contacted every taxi company in town and could find no evidence that she had ever taken a taxi or a train. It was starting to look really bad for Daniel. For although there was no body, there was definitely a crime. And things only went down for Daniel from there. The hacksaw had come back positive for his mom's blood type. But in 1981, DNA analysis was not as developed. So although it did match her, it did not positively prove that it was her DNA specifically. The blood found in between the tiles also came back as matching her blood type. But where was Leah Rosenthal? She was nowhere to be found. In the summertime, an almighty stink would emit from Daniel's house. The neighbors began to do some sleuthing to figure out what was the source of the smell. They looked over the fence and realized that in Daniel's backyard, were rows and rows of black trash bags. On trash day, Daniel would follow the garbage collectors up the road and ask to put the bags in the back of their truck. And they obliged. It turned out that he was putting the remnants of his experimental chickens inside of the trash bags and disposing them directly into the garbage truck itself. The police asked Daniel what type of trash bags he bought specifically. He told them he bought them at Wise Buys, a local store in town. And the police realized if Daniel was throwing away stinky black trash bags, that would not be alarming to the garbage men because he did that all the time. And really, what was the difference between a decomposing chicken and a decomposing mother? Although Leah's body still had not been found, the police knew that there was enough evidence to charge Daniel with matricide. But what about Milton Rosenthal? Daniel's father was still missing, and his body had not been found, dead or alive. 
The British police decided that it was imperative that they went to Paris to investigate it for themselves. And when they got to Milton's house, they were shocked by the abundance of evidence that had been seemingly disregarded by the French authorities. Upon searching the Parisian apartment of Milton Rosenthal, the British police began to paint a picture of Milton's last day on Earth. He had been typing on his typewriter when Daniel came up behind him and struck him multiple times on the back of the head with a hammer. Cast-off and directional blood spatter was found on the ceiling above the typewriter in the study. In the bathroom, skin, hair, blood, and bone fragments were found. But still, no Mr. Rosenthal himself. The police could not charge Daniel, as the crime happened in France, and it was well outside of their jurisdiction. To this day, Daniel has never been charged for the death of his father. However, they were allowed by the British courts to use the evidence that they gleamed from France. And they were about to get a whole lot more than bone fragments and cast off. Because one afternoon, a farmer was cleaning out his field when he realized that it wasn't animal parts he was finding, but rather a human pelvic region. The field was on a major train line, and he realized that passengers were throwing trash out of the train and into his field. So he often went by to clean it up. There were piles of black trash bags and what he thought was scavenged upon debris that had been gotten into by foxes. However, upon further inspection, he realized that it was body parts. And the black trash bags said wise buys on them, just like the trash bags that Daniel used. The bones were analyzed, and it was discovered that the hacksaw used on Milton matched the hacksaw found in Daniel's house in Hedge End. Although Milton's head and hands were never found, he was positively ID'd as Milton Rosenthal by his blood typing and the evidence that matched his own wife's murder in England. On the 16th of June in 1982, Daniel Rosenthal went to court and was charged for murdering his mother. In a very strange twist of events, he pled not guilty, not an insanity claim. Daniel testified in court much to the dismay of his defense attorneys. He testified that the CIA had been following him and his dad for years, and it was obvious that the CIA had in fact committed the murder, not Daniel. It only took the jury an hour to come back with a unanimous guilty verdict. The judge noted in sentencing that there had been zero evidence given that Daniel was in fact mentally ill. No witnesses had testified to his mental state, and there had been no arguments given that proved diminished capacity. Therefore, the judge deemed that he was not criminally insane, but rather just pure evil. And he was sentenced to life in prison and was sent to a high-security prison for the criminally insane. Now, I don't think that means that Daniel was not mentally ill. It does, however, make me seriously question the efficacy of his attorneys. And there was, in fact, a history to prove that Daniel did battle with mental illness. 
When he was eight years old, his mom took him to a psychiatrist. And the psychiatrist told her that he was a genius. He was told that he was special and he was homeschooled and he lived a very isolated life. It's believed that being told that he was so special and so brilliant and such a loner might have led to paranoid schizophrenia. But that evidence was never presented in court. And the question still remains, why did he kill his mom and dad? And her son obviously had problems and he was trying to breed a super chicken and he needed to experiment on a human brain. So when his mother visited, he killed her and did experiments on her brain, allegedly. There's also a theory that the police believe that when the French authorities called Leah to tell her of her estranged husband's disappearance, she was actually in Hedge End with Daniel. And they believe that she may have confronted her son, leading him to kill her in response. But the reality of it is, we don't really know. But the story continues to be weird. On August 10th, 2013, Daniel escaped his mental institution. The following day, he was captured and returned to prison. He escaped while taking a routine, unsupervised walk around the gardens. A huge manhunt ensued, and members of the public were told not to approach him. And some very serious questions were raised about why a man who was convicted of such a gruesome crime was allowed to have unsupervised walks around the garden. Needless to say, that was hopefully his last unsupervised outing. But the the story went on and got spookier because um, as they talked about the murder victim, it turned out that she used to be our neighbour. And when we first got married, we lived in a flat and she was the lady that lived below us. So my aunt and uncle knew Leah Rosenthal. They never met Daniel, as he didn't live with her at the time. But what a strange way to find out that your former neighbor had been murdered. But definitely not as strange as the poor girl who saw that she was visited by a ghost that wasn't even dead yet. So how is that even possible? That this woman had seen Leah Rosenthal sitting on her bed 10 years before her passing. I've thought about this a lot, and I think my Auntie Nikki was bang on when she said that time is a circle. The girl saw Leah in the room that she would eventually be murdered in. I'm not going to pretend to know how or why. I just hope that she's not there anymore. I hope that Mrs. and Mr. Rosenthal are at peace somewhere, free of the circle and transcendent of time. Do you have a spooky story you'd like to share? I'd love to hear it. Drop me an email at thewestlondonwitch at gmail.com or find us on Instagram and Facebook at thewestlondonwitch. If you enjoyed today's episode, 
don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. And come and follow us for additional content on Instagram and Facebook. Until next time, Merry Meet, Merry Part, and Merry Meet again. The West London Witch is created by me, Rebecca Strazina. Our sound designer and production magician is the incredible Danny Cross. Our theme music was bespokely written and performed by the wickedly talented Kyle Hall. Our cover art is the beautiful collaboration between Lizzie Wilson and Jake Bowser. Special thanks to Miss Sinead Bowers, our quality control and biggest cheerleader. And thank you to you, all of our listeners all over the world. These are your stories. Thank you for sharing them with us.